0: Welcome, Vanessa, to the Intersection Podcast. Um, and I like, guess I said uh, I'll allow you to introduce yourself uh, a, a bit, and uh, we will we will take it from there. So please let us know who you are, what you do, and how you got where you are.
1: Sure. So, hi. Thanks for having me. So, this is Prague, uh, Barcelona, Tokyo, right? So, yes. very nice. Very very cool to meet the brothers. Um, I'm Vanessa. Um, I work for Rakuten um, in a global uh, sports digital strategy role so I basically take care of our content and our uh, social um, activities trying to um, make use of the rights that we have in the different sports partnerships um, across the globe and the biggest one amongst them is FC Barcelona that we just announced a, a fifth year together um, as, glo- as main global partner. And then we have other ones. We have the Golden State Warriors, NBA. Um, we have Stephen Curry, you know, Japanese soccer teams, baseball teams. So yeah, we're pretty, um, pretty well invested into sports. So yeah, I, I really like sports. I like the power of sports. Um, I like the fact that through sports, you can basically change, not the world, but you can change people who later change the world. So, so it's, it's, um, it's the work is very grounded in a very personal place for me as well and i can tell you more about that but that go that takes us back to barcelona in 1992
2: (laughs) well let's 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 go go there there.
1: let's go okay let's go okay so barcelona right so i I arrived in barcelona in 92 i was 13 my dad got a job and swedish girl didn't speak spanish didn't speak english and kind of shy and you know puberty all that stuff right early teens and and sports is what got me through and I I keep telling everybody it's it's because of one key person Um, it's Mr. Chris my physical education teacher from back in the day who who gave me a frisbee like on one of my first weeks of school and he's like take this frisbee and I took it and then we played with it during the weekend we went out to like Castelldefels, or like some little town outside of Barcelona. Um, but I threw this frisbee like into the bush and I couldn't retrieve it. And I was like freaking out to go back to school to tell Mr. Chris that I'd lost his frisbee. Um, but he was like, just give me a bocadillo, which is like, a, you know, a Spanish yeah. <laughs> baguette sandwich. Spanish. So, so yeah, I gave him a, a, a baguette sandwich. And I think this frisbee was like the start of an amazing friendship I'm still in touch with Mr. Chris almost, almost on a, at least on a weekly basis, um, high school uh, physical education teacher. So, yeah, I mean, the power of sport and what it can do to you is it's immense. And I think if you have somebody who brings you sport at a key moment in your life, it can really change your life.
2: Oh, definitely, Definitely. Luis, Luis and I, we are basketball guys, especially oh. because of family and so on. Uh, he was a slightly but just slightly better player than i was uh, <laughs> the
0: sorry did i hear, did i hear that right no, no, no yeah yeah you
2: we'll, we need to edit that out uh, this, this is the first time in your life i said that. the first
0: time ever that he's ever said that
2: uh but no, no he <laughs> was he was he was more more talented actually for our size and so on but but uh actually uh, i i heard a phrase a few days ago we were talking to a friend of ours who who is in the business of basketball in the us he said that basketball and that applied for us was a great equalizer. And actually it happens to all the sports. I mean, especially when you go out to a park or, or, you know, a a common ground with, with other people, that's where you mingle. You don't need to speak a language actually to be able to, to, to play the same.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And like, I mean, that's, you know I have the same story with volleyball because like it, it just continued from playing a lot of ultimate frisbee we played a lot of volleyball and you know made friends for life and and what's what's funny is that a lot of a lot of the friends I made in Barcelona were Japanese I don't know why I had that connection with Japan when I was 13 but then when I moved to Japan in you know 10 years later like I called up my high school friends and they were like almost living like next door and it was like you know such a such a a great connect to to just be back together and and just one more japan related story which also goes back to frisbee but but i ran my the i ran six marathons and the only sub four hour marathon was in sydney and i was i was staying with my with my friend erica who is also this uh japanese portuguese friend of mine from from Barcelona and we, like, we grew up as teens, you know, throwing Frisbee together. So, yeah, the power of sports is, is immense.
0: Definitely. Excellent. Before we move on, actually, I want to touch on something that has been a threat across the different conversations we've had, which is that sure. uh, the, there's always a figure. There's always that mentorship uh, component to, to, to everybody's development. And in your case, you mentioned Mr. Chris how does mentor uh, the the roles of mentors have shaped you as you've progressed in in your professional life
1: right so he is he is one person who really really shaped me and it started there um and it just it went it's just been very active throughout my whole life so um like back in like 2000 Fourteen, when I went to Greece and did my masters in Olympic studies in in Olympia, which is like where the where the Olympics began in like seven seven six BC, and I needed somebody to like to read my essays. Bang! It's like Mr. Chris, you know, like, and I'd send him I'd I'd send him an essay, and like overnight, you know, he was in North Carolina in the U.S. Like so, overnight, he'd be like, not just like yeah, I read it, but like you know, going through it and like. You know giving sort of um, constructive feedback so again like just it's good to have that person that you can really rely on not just like yeah i'll take a look at it but like take a look at it and like really come back with something that it's is far beyond what you expected so i try to give back um with the whole mentorship thing like especially I think where I kind of always lean towards is to help other, usually younger women, um, some in within the company, some outside of the company, but just just women who who may want to take on a little bit more than they think they can. And I think I have a little bit of a it's not unique because I think there's others like me, but we're kind of few. So I'm I'm the family moneymaker. I'm a mover. I'm the one who has enabled the family to move um, three times between Japan and Sweden. The last time was with like three preschool kids and it was a kind of really tough move, but like I enabled the moves. I'm a mother, but I'm also like trying to be me in this whole thing. So this is all these like roles that you play. Um, It's actually something I'm I'm writing at the moment. So it's, it's something for the future that I'm, I'm hoping to be able to release this on International Women's Day next year. So a lot about this will also be about basically trying to mentor others around me.
2: That's interesting. Actually, now that you mentioned that you're writing, I'll be remiss if I don't (laughs) highlight that you are a a published author (laughs) right now. Yeah. In in a couple of languages so far.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. How's that experience? So, you know, writing has always been a big part of of who I am and who I wanted to be. Like, I've I've kept a, a journal since Christmas of 1989, when my grandmother gave me a journal. From that day onwards, I wrote for 21 days straight, like every night, writing, writing, writing. And I was writing it in Swedish, like even when I was like traveling and like moving around between countries, I I really kept up my my Swedish mother tongue and and this helped me because, yes, so I did publish a book, my first book, my first novel on International Women's Day this year. So 2020, uh, March um, 8th. And so that was in Swedish. and I, of course, I knew I wanted to publish this novel in English, too. So I found a, a translator duo back in Sweden and they ended up translating it. So actually, I even brought my little, my <laughs> e-reader, my Kobo e-reader. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if it's mirrored, but um, it's called Forget Me Not Forever. And I think it's um, it's a good story for right now because... It's based on friendship and it's about a promise that turns into a journey. And I think if it's something we're not doing right now, it's traveling. We're all, we're taking the bus at most, right? So the timing of this coming out, basically right when Corona hit, um, it's... um, I think it's 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 a nice book to read because it's gonna take you around the world to some of the places that I've I've lived and that are very dear to me.
2: No, definitely. We'll look forward. I, I I was waiting for the English version, of course, but uh, I'll definitely, uh, definitely acquire it and read it. Um, Thank
1: you. Thank you. No,
2: definitely. No, I mean you you have uh, that's the part of what we want to to touch on today because you have. Uh, for the different conversations we've had in projects and so on uh, a very interesting life journey hmm. i mean uh those you know that when you have that those opportunities you you think of as you know such a privilege to be able to be able to experience different cultures and work in something that you feel passion for right so i I wanted to 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 reel back a little bit and go from Barcelona. you state uh, here for about how many how many years you went to so, college here yeah
1: i was in i was in barcelona all my teens so pretty good right. timing <laughs> <laughs> and then i moved on so like when i was about 19 i moved to london to be a journalist i wanted to i really wanted to make a career in writing and journalism and i was kind of thinking u.s um, uk and I think a lot for the for the price difference or the, the cost tuition fee difference, I ended up going to London, but also because it was like a, a really good good journalism school. And what, while I was in Barcelona, my father got transferred to Tokyo. And that's when I decided to go to Tokyo to see what life would be like over here. And uh, I came here um, and after a few, you know, forth and backs, quite a lot, actually. I don't even know how many times I left and came back, but maybe three times, four times. I'm now back in Tokyo with, with my own family. So it's me and my Japanese husband and, and our three kids, um, living a very, very nice, um, safe, um, just a very basic life here. We enjoy it.
2: <laughs> and and in, the, in that journey, when do you jump in kind of headfirst towards sports, right? In terms of uh, your everyday.
1: Right. Sports. So sports was when I joined ASICS, ASICS Corporation, back at the global head office in January 2006. And I was there because um, I'd been on something called the EU Executive Training Program. And this was a very i I was very privileged to be on it um we got to learn japanese for a year um crash course business japanese and then we had six months of um, internships with japanese companies and through some connections some very wonderful japanese people that i met i went to another part of japan which is called kansai and kansai is where kobe is located so one of my internship companies was ASICS. And I was there for, it was like total mini internship, but I was, I was there for four days. And at the end of the fourth day, the, the head of marketing at the time, who is actually ASICS CEO right now, Oyama-san, he came over and he's like, oh, Vanessa, we're, we'll keep a desk and, and chair for you. So I was like, I was in my 20s and I was like, ooh, Okay, I think I'll take you up on that offer. So, <laughs> so I called him and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'd like Where's that desk. My desk? <laughs> I'd like that desk and chair." And then, and then I started in, in January two thousand six, and and I think he bet pretty well because I stayed with Asics for for twelve years.
2: That's a very long career, long career yeah. and interesting brand. I'm looking from the outside. It's a brand yeah. that is no is no not like any other in, in their yeah. segment. And and actually it's intertwined. I mean, we that we tend to be more American in terms of sports management. We know the stories about, you know, how Nike was was uh, yeah. built and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it's an interesting and, and very, very I would say that very focused on on actually product innovation, which is something that
1: yeah.
2: nowadays seems scarce because everything is style. It's so performance
1: right it's so true yeah so like i i was in in kobe for at the head office and yeah i forgot to tell you like i was the first westerner who joined asics in japan so it was me and uh, at the head office at the time like roughly 600 japanese and a few koreans and a few chinese but the the only sort of obvious guy kokujin as they say like you know foreigner in in japan was was me so it was kind of challenging and stressful at times but i think at the same time it was a a hugely you know advantageous time to like start building my career because gosh everybody knew who i was (laughs) 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 you can't escape
2: (laughs) you can't escape anything
0: right no (laughs) And how yeah. does the, those, the, since obviously multicultural uh, and, and different experiences, uh, there's something also I guess has I guess been a, a common thread uh, through the conversations of how no one's career that reaches th- those levels in which you find yourself, it's never been a linear, a linear path. Right. And uh, I, I was just wondering, how does, to you personally, how does the, that different experiences uh, inform your day-to-day work?
1: I think I think different experiences enrichen your life and how you look at things and and it was and also like working in different industries I think is good for you because it does it does build upon what you were to what you're going to be right and and Broadening, diversifying my my career was one of the reasons I actually left Asics and moved on to Rakuten two and a half years ago, um, because I mean Rakuten is is huge in 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 tech, in fintech, in content. Um, it's got about seventy different business units um, across the the group companies, but still there was like a very strong sports filter. So I was like. I actually spoke to a good friend of mine at, at Prezi in the U.S. And he's like, well, Vanessa, it's you would almost be doing the same thing as you're doing at ASIC. So like, what are you so afraid about? And I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. So I think even if you're going into a different industry, like you can still bring with you some kind of, you know, the filters that you had in the past. So I think I feel very confident and strong, like in the storytelling space. Um, and I have built a lot on that. Through you know now with like video and, and content, but I also I also feel um, you know strong in like the international sort of cultural. You become kind of this communicator in between countries, right? You mm-hmm. you're good in that space as well, and, and then of course in the sports space because I mean if you work with one of the best running brands for twelve years, you get to meet the athletes, you get to meet the founder. Onitsuka-san, you get to go to the, uh, you know, the research center. I mean, it does give you a, a certain sense of, of sports um, at the heart of sports. So I think those three things, like the, the sports, like storytelling and, you know, being sort of this international type of ambassador, like those three, I think I can probably bring with me into, into just about anything going forward
2: yeah definitely, and actually it's something uh, and this this connects to what you and Luis were speaking before about mentorship mm. um, i'm I'm now old enough so my teachers at college you know bring me over from time to time to, time to actually speak to the newcomers into nice. into the university and it's a very enriching experience because i I still can recollect when I was in that position you know fifteen twenty years ago, right yeah. And yep. and right now working in sports and probably you get this uh, a lot of the time. There's you know there's uh, really from the outside not more, mo- much much light into what it is that we do daily. Yep. Uh, so I I bet that you know people think that you when you come to Barcelona there's a launch in the calendar with Messi and you know that. that, <laughs> that, that that, that type of flashy thing right and that's yeah. one of the things that I that I explain to to students that I want to come into the industry is that you know there's a lot of roll-ups and a lot of uh, banners and a lot of things that you need to do and we've do done process.
1: a lot of that stuff together right I mean you and correct, I, we, correct. We've, we've, we've been we've been be you know behind the scenes like uh, yeah I'm still waiting for that lunch by the way yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> definitely. And the other part of what I tell them, especially when you are talking to to graduate school uh, students that, you know, come from different uh, grads, right? Yeah. It's that what you need to think of as a professional and not only in sports is what you bring to the table. Yeah. And don't 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 shy away from what you currently know mm-hmm. because that probably will be the differentiator for you in this in any industry actually so, so true. if you're a lawyer don't probably your focus shouldn't be into going into you know uh, sponsorship strategy per se yeah. Yeah. rather go through the law part of it right
1: exactly so that's
2: that's something that I, I honestly I you know I stumbled into sports accidentally could be i mean it has always been my passion and i did nice. decide to study a sports management business, uh, masters but i come from economics banking and right. finance sure i did it as a hobby and and in a juncture in my life in my life i i took a decision and said you know what i'm going to follow my passion and i'm going to work in that so that's nice. how I, I took the step right but that's important also to to identify as well as you did what you can bring to the table, and yeah. that's how you realize what you can do for a company.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think no good points. Everything and 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 some things just come like straight off, like totally like personal things you do. Like I play I play volleyball, so in Japan they have something called Mamasan Bare. It's like it's like volleyball for moms. So like at every public Japanese elementary school they have like a volleyball team of, of of moms right and and some of them are awesome and some of them are are less awesome but like um <laughs> and, and i i've played lot i told you i played volleyball back in barcelona i was playing with with a6 as well and i heard that they had a team here and i was like oh i want to go i want to go but i was kind of like freaking out about going but but I, I did from my trips to Barcelona. I got a full kit, like a full FC Barcelona kit with like Vanessa on the back. I'm like, if I put this on, <laughs> at least I'll make, <laughs> at least I'll make impact,
2: right? <laughs> I look like I look like a like a pro at least, right?
1: <laughs> I look like a pro, right? So, so I went, and they were kind of. First of all, I'm like taller than everybody. I mean, I don't even need that stuff to look look un- unique in any way because it's it's only me and, and Japanese mothers anyway. But um so I did go in, like, you know, knocked on the door into the gym and they were like, ooh, and the, but anyway, it was um it was it was a start the start of an amazing time with playing volleyball with a bunch of mothers. And the point I'm getting at, like, it hit me playing volleyball with these mothers that like a lot of moms just they don't get to um, experience sports on their own they're like cheering on their kid who's playing baseball like yes my kid made a home run or like it's like the daughter who is like whatever playing tennis but like they don't get to try and like own their own emotions so like I was like we were just planning something in Barcelona ahead of it was ahead of the. We had something called the Rakuten Fantastic Cup, where we invited fans from from FC Barcelona, um, Chelsea, and Vissel Kobe to come and actually play a game at Camp. No, it was pretty fun. But like, what 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 happened to me when I was playing volleyball is like, people need to like experience the emotions on their own so like rather than like Messi scoring a goal and you feel it through Messi if you can make like fan engagement activations where people get to score their own goals I mean maybe at Camp Nou which is even greater but like have people experience things like firsthand and then they can like own that emotion and and it just becomes such a more sort of legacy and, and and unique memory so yeah so some things they come from just by not even working right so i think you should yep. just be open to any you just need to keep your senses open
2: no and that's that's important actually and, and and to go into more the technical side of the of the conversation in terms of you know what you do and what the, your department does yep. actually is very interesting that feeling emotion, I mean, I think we discussed this uh, when we met one of those times. In terms of yeah. there are probably two spaces in which connect with, with the audience as a raw emotion, which is probably music and sports, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But yep. nowadays, and especially in, under the current circumstances, you as, as the steward of a, of a major man, you need to find a way. Yeah. To transmit that emotion, which is yep. a physical thing through yep. digital means yeah how how do you get that u- humanity right w- within the whole process
1: yes yeah, so i think I think this year it's been harder than ever to to get that like you say the humanity and like the emotion because obviously we're we're blocked off in so many ways, right? We're not going to the games. We're not feeling the games. Like maybe you're still, maybe you watch the games at home and, and and you did before as well. But you are still, somebody scores and the sound isn't there. It's just like, you know. So I think, I think this year has been. We've, I guess, in a sense, we have to sort of rework how we work in emotions into things, and I think. We did work on a, a big campaign, the it's called the, the big picture, where people could um submit a picture and be featured up on the big facade at Camp No. So you're basically next to you're part of Messi. You're part of your little picture is like this big on this big canvas of like five times like ten meters, but but you're still there is something physical even though you're not going to make it to Camp know and see the thing there there is still something physical to it so i think even if we can't really do the physical events and the physical sort of experiences activations as we did before some kind of physical um, element to an activation i think is important and i did think about this before because i think before it started with a physical and ended with a digital thing, so basically you have an event, everybody's there, and then after the event, you can see the event on on social media, for example, but now you're kind of starting in a digital space uh, because there is no event to start with, but like you have you still need that physical thing somewhere along the line to 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 get that legacy and I think that's why the big picture was really cool because. The physical, tangible thing at the end was Camp Nou, and you're actually there on a picture, even if you're not able to to go to Spain or even like go within Barcelona to see it.
0: It's interesting how, how like again, talking about these life events, the 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 importance of capturing all those micro moments that happen. That's mm-hmm. that that be, that becomes the after the event, uh, as you just described. Uh, right. And now there's not, not that possibility to to do so. So yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I've worked in many activations uh, in the past and you always start designing this as as that physical moment uh, that, you know, and now we have to kind right. of break that out and
1: exactly.
0: re-engineer it.
1: Yep re-engineering i think that's that's the year of, of re-engineering and <laughs> the year of longing because i think we're all longing for something or somebody
2: <laughs> for sure Nine, yeah that nostalgia of actually i think that that will be a major sentiment going towards 21 when things seems to be normalizing or st- make it be more stable right in terms yeah. of nostalgia or longing from the past experiences that you had there which Firstly really wouldn't be exactly like the same, yep. so I think that in the sports industry, especially we we are called upon actually making something uh, you know make it, make it meaningful again yep. for fans to be able to have a similar experience that connects that sentiment and that belonging right to to exactly to exactly.
1: exactly.
2: I think it's going to be an interesting time, actually, in that in that regard. I, I mean, uh, I I know that I throw off Luis's uh, timetable. <laughs> that, that's actually my specialty here in this in this I'm podcast. I'm sure.
1: Have you the plans, have your roles, right?
2: <laughs> I, I go rogue, but yeah. uh, no matter how many times I write him the emails and and I, uh, and, I, and I and I insist that he writes it so I can inform the guests properly, right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, at
1: least you know but, I I have my list of the questions, okay? <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm I'm it's glad she brought to you. <laughs> so it's
1: handwritten, no, handwritten. But, hand <laughs> <written>. <laughs> yeah. but the, the,
2: the, the important part, I think, uh, and one one of the, the key parts, let's say, it's how how a company or, or your department in in, in will define success in, in what right. you do, uh, because you know it varies from company to company. Evidently, KPIs might be different and the reality of recruitment as a company is completely different to any other sponsor actually that i know of um so how you do you define success and then we'll deep dive a little bit in how you manage all those flying pieces of and uh, make it coherent with the with the brand story
1: sure so i think just to take you back a little bit i promise i will speak you, to you about campaign success but i think so where we came from for example signing FC Barcelona back in 2016 it was to to put our our name on the map um big time right i mean it's 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 very hard to hide if you're on you know the 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 jersey as a sponsor of FC Barcelona but it was part of a bigger branding strategy where we were bringing all the companies all the business units within Rakuten under the same Rakuten umbrella so there was a lot of acquisitions and they were uh, they were rebranded um, into Rakuten companies so so it was a brand play at the beginning to just put our na- name out there um, in a strategic market um, in Europe but at the same time now we're in year four and we're past just the brand awareness and the brand preference space. And we, we really now in a space where we're trying to tell the business unit stories. So it's not just about the Rakuten Inc, the mother brand, but about the, about the, the business units. And that's, that's when things like Kobo come in. Kobo is like, um, e-readers. Um, you have Viber who's, who's, you know, it's a messaging app you have, 70 different business units i mean e-commerce fintech banking i mean we're we're wide right so like so what we're doing now is that we're telling the not just the ink stories but the the business unit stories so so going into a campaign it can look very different if we're teaming up with viber because viber is a messaging service um who Mostly looking at something like monthly active users um, or, you know, app downloads, for example. So something specifically with Viber could be getting, um, you know, new people in, in a certain market to download the app. Right. But if we're doing something with COBOL, with the, the e-readers, it might be to, you know, present a new book or it might, might be to, to buy the new um, NIA, this is exactly the the, the Kobo NIA e-reader. So, since we're so broad in what we do, um, we're, I think, defining the KPIs by, uh, depending on which business unit we're activating in that special activation, but overall, I would say we're moving from just the brand awareness space into an acquisition space where we want the two of you or, and everybody listening at the end to, to get their Rakuten ID, which is like a passport that basically works across all the business units. So I buy something on my Kobo, I get points, and I use the points using uh, the, uh, the e-commerce site in Japan. So. Again, campaign success, it depends on the, the KPIs that we set per campaign, if that makes sense.
2: No, it, it does, it does. So actually, um, as, as you know, the, the experience with the brand and conversation with, with you, your colleagues, are Raul, Charles, Raul, and mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the, of the teams um, ha, has been very enlightening because the, the way I see recruiting as a brand from the outside is that you know, it's a brand that actually has meaning. I mean, it, it has uh, uh, the translation It's, it's a it's a meaning which is optimism, which is part of uh, I would say you know the mantra of the founder, right? To actually be able to to look ahead for towards enhancement, betterment, and and and, and progression, right? But then, how how that optimism, that that way of being materializes and, and, and helps you, helps you in your every day is how I see the different, um, business units, right? Uh, playing yeah. a role in that. So I, I kind of, I have a visitor now, so I, I <laughs> kind of have, have that, that, uh, that feeling when I'm talking about that, uh, that brand, which is a very unique brand in, and in, in its complexity, but also in, in the clear messages, message that you've been pushing out.
1: Right. So I think we're we're still, we're still super proud of, you know, optimism, like you said, I mean, Rakuten means optimism, empowerment is another, um, you know, lead keyword, uh, innovation. So we're still, we're still kind of, you know, embedding those things into the into the campaigns. And if, if we do, you know, like the 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 Barca FC Barcelona jersey association campaign that we did with you guys connecting tissue I mean that was that was a brand play and it was a beautiful brand play and we ended up releasing it just I think it was in April at the end and yes. uh, and we yeah like so what, I mean it it became not only like a jersey sort of association play but also a you know, um, a, a bigger, you know, Corona times, um, take care of each other, let's stay connected kind of place. So, Time. yeah, so in that sense, like, very, ti-
0: very timely, I would Very say.
1: timely. And in that sense, I think the, you got to allow yourself to let your KPIs and your, you know, success sort of, um, indicators you know change because the, the times change and sometimes you got to throw out your acquisition out the window because it's very insensitive to push your commercial messages when when you should be thanking frontliners instead
2: right no definitely and, and to that point I and mean, in that precisely precise process actually it, it helps that the core values of a company, which has to be embedded in anything that you that you communicate, are those of Rakuten. Because I mean, exactly. we plug in commercial, unplug it, but the core remains the same. And actually, that's why that campaign of Galaxy Digital worked, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I had somewhere in my notes exactly about like, oh yeah, yeah. So basically. Like in this whole, this whole, you know, especially this COVID year, I mean, it's like you need to, you kind of need to like reinforce what you've been trying to do before. Like, just like don't try to go in a fancy new direction. Like, now is not the time for it. Like, stay, you know, go back to your roots. Like, it's almost like you're, you're like reversing. You wanna sort of reinforce your brand proposition back to basics. Like, ask yourself, like, you know, who are we as a brand? and and for us it was like you know touching back upon like optimism empowerment and and also like in the whole content space where you can't film anybody anymore i mean you got to repurpose you got to reinforce you got to like review see what you have and 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 play with it and i think it's been uh, yeah it's been a year to go back to basics i think
0: I, i love the fact that we keep in in different conversations we keep touching on on the importance of authenticity which yeah. comes, is at the core of what you just described of staying true to to what you represent as a brand and the, how you operate. It, it's, yeah. it's fascinating how, how many brands, even during these times, have kind of lost uh, or missed the mark actually uh, mm. because they were before not authentic and, and right. tried, to, tried, tried to pretend to be. Oh,
2: definitely. Yeah, and good
1: I, point. Good point.
2: Yeah, it's now. I think we are in the age, and not, not necessarily by like COVID, but you, you've seen it in the U.S. with social justice, uh, claim, uh, you know, uh, outcry, and in general, I think it's 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 a, a planet issue. I think that now is the time for marketing to be purpose-based. Mm. Oh yeah. So. Especially because for the young consumers, which are younger yeah. than myself or, or Luis, you know, in, in, in terms <laughs> <And that, me. laughs> of, I mean, you, you are, you are in, the, in your prime right now, <laughs> but no, but actually it's when, when I think about, you know, my, my daughters, I, I used to do this analysis. I have a six year old and a three year old. So I know nice. pretty much as a fact that when they are of the driving age, they will yeah. probably own a car yeah they will have a subscription to a service that will take them from a to b but that service needs to make sure that it is sustainable for example my 6 year old actually is the auditor of energy or 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 water waste in the house they 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 have been brought up like that and they teach them that at school and yeah. whenever she sees that a second of the running water when we are brushing their, uh, the the teeth, she say, "Daddy, <laughs> close it." So th- yeah. that's that's you know that's a, the new consumer. So it purpose is, is going to be more important for her than the brand. The brand exactly. wouldn't mean anything without the purpose, right?
1: And I just thought of my so I am three and my old my youngest one is he's five but I think he was three at the time and we were watching this is two years ago we were watching Tokyo marathon and i thought about it when he said water because um because he was very angry with the, the with the, um with the elite runners in the in the front because they drank and then they threw their bottles on the ground yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean this is like the kids that are growing up right now but i think i mean back to your point i mean purpose and 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 values based decisions i mean it could be who you decide to work with who whose podcast i want to go on it could be which agency um you want to team up with i mean it's all it's all like do you share the same values or or do you not and i think um there's been good and bad decisions you know in the past year or so, where where people you know have just been thrown off by certain companies, you know, decisions about um, partnerships, etc. So I think you you just need to be smart in in who you who you yeah choose to work with and make sure like you say, work with purpose and and, and do things values-based and then make sure like you're actually aiming for the right thing. Because if not, like why even work together in the first place?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not, actually, not yeah. jump on trends, but keep it uh, keep it
2: authentic.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep it simple above all.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and actually that's something that I speak with Luis a, a lot. I mean, we're trying to, to build a business, continue to do what we do. But I I always go back to a, a specific principle when I set up the connect as as you know my my, my means to, to life right my work was that probably I don't have any you know everything figured out yet but I have something very clear is what I'm I i do not want to be yeah what I don't want to do. Mm. And what, uh, and what I don't want other people, professionals, peers, clients feel about me sure. as, a, as an entrepreneur,
0: yeah. as a, and as a nice.
2: service person to them. Then from that point on, then, you know, there are things that I aspire to be that, you know, it's a process and it's a learning curve. But you need to have that clear that what we're not uh, as a company and what we're not as a professional. Right.
1: And exactly. that's, that's something
2: that I, I, I learned through the years. And I, this I, I I hate you know speaking about my myself, but but that's that's how I consider that I achieve uh, a level of happiness that allows me to do what I do today.
1: Sure, and it makes yeah. you. I mean, you sleep well at night.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I have to put. You it wake
1: up happy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I have to put that on the record as well because uh, for me to join into pursuing the project with either the the business with either. It coming from the advertisement, uh, advertisement world where you see a lot of uh, let's say not real fake yeah everything is yeah, fake it feels just fake it's 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 it, 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 obviously I mean revenues are important but it's not the most important thing you need to really think about the human and, and I think that's one industry that yeah. is ripe for disruption uh, yeah. <laughs> in that sense once they start thinking about human beings first and the people doing the work as human beings and um, understanding that you shouldn't work with everybody uh, or, or you shouldn't want to work with everybody not yeah. everybody deserves that uh yeah to be honest and uh that philosophy that i had about his vision for for this company uh, was what kind of convinced me like it is the time and even though it was the time of COVID, all this uncertainty around it 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 was just the right time to to be purpose purpose and and
2: and, and this is something that actually uh uh, vanessa has experienced in 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 the flesh i would say because actually Mm -hmm. my approach has led me to work with people that i trust and Mm. i and i adhere to their value system mm. as well, like A.M.T. Alvaro, Paty, yeah. and that team, <laughs> and that and that's a format that has worked because it's about finding the opportunities in which we can go in together because we see each other eye to eye and we understand which are the clients that we want to service and how exactly,
1: exactly. And I mean, if you're aligned, it's it's. I think the decision making gets easier because it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, you can have, you can have like strategies and you can, but you need that sort of emotional filter, I think on, on the bigger decisions as well.
0: Create yeah, that, it create that basis of trust in between yeah. the stakeholders, right? And exactly. Just by having the shared values, it makes the work more, much more
2: enjoyable. So
1: it I does. Have to agree with that. It does. We,
2: I think we we're running up to the hour, but uh, I want uh, to hear your take in terms of how do you see the sports industry in general? I mean, you represent, as, as I said before, you're a steward of one of you know, the major bla- brands now uh, operating in the world. I bet that you get a thousand emails a week <laughs> asking for partnerships or, or collaborations <laughs> or things like that but uh but now with this very disruptive process to the means of the industry uh because without events sports you know it's yeah. kind of a it's a tricky business to be in let's say uh how do you see the industry going forward and and what do you expect actually to the industry to evolve uh into
1: right so i think i noted a few things and i think like For one, it's like where we have come from until now. And I think I think it's becoming if we're looking at now versus a few a few years back, I think it's a more kind of leveled playing field than it used to be. And and what I'm trying to explain here is like before you had TV, TV was doing TV. Eurosport was covering the Olympics. or whoever had the rights and, and sub-sold the rights, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like now the content space is becoming more leveled because everybody is trying to be um, their own streaming hubs or their own content hubs. So I, I think we've come to a place where, I guess in a sense, it's uh, gosh, it's still very, very commercial and millions of, of rights, uh, money um, – but it's still opening up the space of who can play in that space. And by opening up the, you know, the seats for who can play in the, in that space, you're also opening up the opportunities for who can actually watch it. Right. So, so I think we've come to a place where especially content is, is more in a sense, a little bit more democratic. And, and I mean, I can take it to all this level, like of of me, like self publishing a book, like I'm publishing a book, without having to go through this publishing, you know, big five, you know, mega house in between, like you're cutting out the middleman, right? By, by me being able to self-publish this book. So it's kind of a, a parallel to, I think, what's happening in the content space as well, that you can be a YouTuber and, you know, be just as powerful as, as any, any TV station in the, in the past. So I think that's a little bit of where we came, like in the past few years. But I did note a little bit about like where I think it's it's where we're heading and and we were focusing, and we touched touched upon it a little bit before, but we were we, as in you know the sports industry, like um we were focusing on taking the user to sports, so focusing on giving you as a viewer at Camp know the best experience. You go there, you have some food, you watch the game, you have LED, you have the big screen, you have the LED arch, um, all kinds of things. Like you're taking a, a fan in to the physical sports space. But I think where we're going to be heading is that we have to like reverse that whole thinking. So you actually you have to take sports to the fans. And I think that's where, I mean, with the, uh, with the advancement of like 5G now, I mean, Rakuten is, is hugely um, betting on 5G with its, with its new mobile network operations in Japan, just signed a deal with Telefonica in Spain, et cetera. I think the way we're going to be able to use 5G in the future is also going to affect the content space because you'll be filming things like you never did before you'll be like doing close-ups of like emotions of, of your yeah just new angles new 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 tech is gonna go into the actual game so i think taking sports to the fan i think that's in that direction is where the most change is going to take place
2: definitely that's and, my <laughs> No, but it's a, it's a it's a good overview. I I adhere to that a hundred percent. And and if there's a company that is uh, a player in the industry that is, I would say, slightly ahead of the rest. In in order to be able to do that, is is Rakuten because of uh, its nature uh, and position in technology, right? Yeah. So so yeah, it's uh it's going to be interesting, especially now with the re- re- redefinition of the business levers. I think that uh, that will uh, dictate much of what can be can be done
1: yeah it'll be it'll be fun times to stay in sports for sure
2: Definitely. Excellent. well Vanessa this has
0: been uh, a really great conversation it was awesome to meet you and to mm-hmm. learn a little bit about your story and 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 your work at Daquoten and I Want to thank you very much for your time. I know it's very late there, and <laughs> uh, so yeah, so special thank you for that. Uh, and we will try to do this again. Uh, I hope see so. How to, see how things have evolved uh, in the months or to come.
1: Sounds Definitely. good. Thanks for thanks for having me. And yeah, it's been a pleasure of a of a Tuesday night in Tokyo.
2: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Great. and we'll speak soon.
1: I hope so. Take care guys. Okay. Bye.